Well, the cats are away and the mouse is about to play. You're listening to episode number 54 of the Action Figure Blues podcast, brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, John takes over the show with the help of Dave from the Flag Points podcast and Newton Gimmick from Infinite Hollywood to discuss vintage action figure restoration. everybody eli adam ben oh look pop tarts oh a note dear john we are all out enjoying the nice australian weather please see what you can do about the podcast this week scott well i guess we'll just have to rock out and i will handle things myself As you may have guessed, this is a special episode of the Action Figure Blues podcast. Um, I had the recent good fortune to sit down with two of my uh, favorite toy buddies from the web, Dave from Flag Points, the G.I. Joe podcast, and Newton Gimmick from InfiniteHollywood.com. Uh, both of these guys are really knowledgeable in their fields, and it was fun because I sat down to talk to them about vintage toy restoration and cleaning and all of that good stuff. We had a really good conversation, and I will let you guys listen to that now. When you're done listening, head on over to the Action Figure Blues forum or come over to our, our Facebook page and let us know your thoughts. Listening to a very special topic on the Action Figure Blues podcast. Um, we're going to talk about vintage toy restoration and cleaning and that kind of stuff. And I'm joined by two very special, intelligent guests tonight: um, Dave from Flag Points and Newton Gimmick from Infinite Hollywood. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to be here. Well, good. Hopefully, tonight brings you guys uh, full of knowledge and. Uh, Lots of toy goodness, I'm sure it does. You guys are all familiar with, um, at least I'm familiar with your stuff, and uh, I know you guys all have a vintage love, so uh, glad to have you on board for sure. Good to be here. Absolutely, and I feel like I need to be intelligent now. Yeah, you, you've set the bar way high. <laughs> no, they still let me on the podcast, so don't, don't worry <laughs> about it too much. I know you, can, you guys can out-talk me. Um, to be honest, uh, kind of the, the impetus for this show, um, you know, our friend uh, William West, he's out there, you know, selling his wares. Uh, uh, Nerd Rage Toys and, and places like that are, are really selling a lot of vintage stuff. And um, what I kind of wanted to do is just kind of go through maybe some tips and tricks on how to uh, bring your vintage toys up to more of a displayable status. And um, actually, uh, you know, really I have some stuff I want to fix and I just really needed some ideas. That's really the whole real reason behind it. But, uh, you know, now the truth comes out. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I do have a, an Imperial troop transport I need to fix a contact in, so if you guys have any tips on that, uh, let me know. <laughs> Ooh, that's some of the hardest stuff is, um, is, are the, you know, battery compartments and electronics, and I've only kind of recently gotten into Star Wars stuff, but I haven't figured that out yet, except to kind of spin the motors, blowing them and whatever else, and pray. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you, you guys have ever seen the inside of want that troop transport, but it's the one where you press the buttons and it would talk and there's a stormtrooper and stuff. There's actually, it's like a little tiny uh, record player inside of it. It's oh, the, wow. It's the goofiest thing. You know, today it'd be a mm. chip, but in 78 or whenever it was, it was actually a little tiny record player. So. Oh, that's awesome. Good yeah, stuff. That's cool. I, I have no tips on that particularly, but you might look into uh, some of those G.I. Joe guys. They might know some of that because uh, I've never I've never taken one apart, but they fix those vintage GI Joe talkers, and I, I think they're on the same sort of thing where it's some kind of little record deal in there hmm. on the inside of that. So it might be somebody that could help. I mean, I don't know because, like I said, I've never taken one apart, but I knew that they fix them. So that's yeah, my real good idea. Not to cut you off, yeah, my my good buddy Matt McKeeby, I mentioned him on the show. He's got an incredible, um, you know, vintage twelve inch. Joe collection, and I don't say that lightly. He's got basically everything, including salesman samples. And nice. I've worked with, yeah, I've worked with him for 12 years. I, I met him, kind of just walked into his room where he was teaching. I said, he had a picture of a Canadian Mountie. I said, that's a rare GI Joe. Like he didn't know, like he wouldn't know that <laughs> if he had that in his. <laughs> anyway, that's how we met. He says, yes, it is. But anyway, he would definitely know how to do that. Yes, I have to put you in the in touch with him. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's a little later, but I imagine it's probably the same sort of mechanism or something similar, you know. I think you're right. I'm, I'm sure. So um, just to get kind of get started here, everybody probably either has something that they've dug out of the attic or, um, you know, went and bought at a vintage shop or at a flea market. I, I live in an attic. Oh, well, <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> that's waiting for somebody to dig me out. Go ahead. I'm um, sorry. Do you want us to send a crew up or? Uh... <laughs> no. Okay. You don't want to see what happened to the last. You're time. happy there? Yes, <laughs> this is my happy place. <laughs> well, on the other side, you know, Dave's probably recording in, in the Flag Points bunker, so we're, oh. we're, we're probably, I, you know, we just need to get somebody in the middle now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, Surface dwellers. <laughs> this is high tech, and I can't, dis- I'm sorry, I can't disclose anything about my location, but um, yes, I'm in the. Top secret flag points recording studio, as usual. Um, <laughs> so you, got, you guys are just going to keep getting me off track. Um, my, my first thing I wanted to talk about was cleaning. You know, when you get something new, what what kinds of things do you guys like to do? I mean, is it a soap and water? Is it, you know, do you, do you get a Windex? I mean, that's the cure for everything, right? So, um, what 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 do you guys kind of like to do? Well, I'll, I'll jump in here. Uh, I gotta be honest, my favorite is probably just some elbow grease, uh, soap and water. I, I find works really well. Uh, but you can use like formula four. I mean, it, again, it depends on what you're doing, but you know, like formula 409 or some kind of, you said Windex, but usually like, uh, I, I use some of, I keep saying formula 409, but you know, some kind of kitchen grease cleaner I find, uh, usually works well and doesn't stain or anything. Now, do you do you like to get in with like a, a Q-tip and get into the corners, or what? What do you kind of like to get in there with? Just a rag, or? Yeah, you know, I got a I got a couple of uh, 
not wire brushes, but, you know, just the harder brushes. And if I need to get one of those out, I will. Uh, but obviously you wouldn't do that to, you know, like a figure with lots of paint on it or something. I mean, if you're in a something that you can do that with, obviously that's the best. Uh, but a Q-tip or something, you know, uh, toothpicks are invaluable, especially on the smaller figures. You can get a lot of, like, dirt and stuff out because apparently kids like to put their stuff in the dirt. I was never that kid. Yeah, me neither. Well, I take that back. I did. I did uh, bury a GI Joe once and went to go find him and never could, and it was terrible. But you have our terrible. All these kids <laughs> playing with their toys—it's pretty offensive to me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, I like to. The first thing I like to do is break the thing down into components, whatever it is. Anything that doesn't have a sticker on it. I, if it's really dirty, I'll run a, like a bath and do soap and water and just dunk them and let them sit overnight to loosen up everything. And then I will, you know, if I'm, I'm pretty nuts about this. So I'll toothbrush it all off, you know, and then the pieces that have stickers or can't be, I'm talking, I guess I'm talking about play sets more so than figures and things like that and vehicles, but, um, things that have stickers, you know, I just kind of more carefully kind of like hot water toothbrush them to death. And then, um, and I do use the Q-tip. So sometimes I'll pull a Q-tip apart a little bit, like to separate it so it's looser so that I can cram it into the little corners. And toothpicks are good too, definitely. I agree. So. That's, that's see, it, if you're listening, that's a good tip right there. You've, you've already like got a, got your money's worth out of the download, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I find, uh, especially if you got like sticker residue and stuff, like, Give it a good go with your, you know, like I said, with elbow grease first. And he's right, soaking it, uh, you know, soak it overnight. Soak it for a couple of days sometimes, uh, but, you know, good hot water or whatever. Because people, I think, a lot of times want to jump to putting something on there, goof off or something. And that works with certain stuff, and it'll melt other stuff. So, and actually, I've had terrible luck with goof off. I've never really, it's never really taken anything off for me. But, uh I know people do swear by it, but I, I say go at it with, you know, a brush and some soap and water for a while before you start looking into any sort of chemicals and stuff, because most things, if you just put the effort in, can be cleaned up. Yeah, right. I, I used to use some alcohol, you know, just some plain alcohol on, on Q-tips. That was kind of my thing for like, right. figures and stuff. Um just to try and get, you know, any of that little primer dust out of the corners. But don't use acetone. No. No. <laughs> uh, unless you're looking to take the paint off and possibly melt the figure. That sounds like the voice of experience there. Yeah, you know, I I, I was doing some taking some paint off a uh Mattel figure, the wrestling figures, and you can take the acetone works great on uh Taking the paint off like certain parts of it because the, it's like a rubbery plastic on the legs and stuff. And you could take the paint off there, but if you touch the harder plastic, it like starts to melt. And, uh, I had a big thing of acetone setting in a plastic cup because I don't know. I thought it would be fun to put it in a plastic cup, uh, <laughs> even though it comes in a metal container. Uh, for some reason. Yeah, and you know, I'm using the Q-tips and I'm being real careful and, uh, then I look down and I notice like a, this looks like water all over my, man. And the best part is, is I'm doing this in my, uh, living room on the coffee table. 
And, uh, man, I, I don't think I spilt this, but there's like a ring around my cup here. Then I go to pick it up and the cup is melted and then it gets all over my coffee table, ruined my coffee table. It was, it was a bad experience. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does work for certain things, but you better know what you're doing before you get that. <laughs> and don't put it in a plastic cup. Tin can or metal jar there. Yeah. Yeah. Use a, after that, every time I use like an old, uh, tin can that, you know, like green bean can or something. Just pour my acetone in there, or glass. You got a glass bottle, or yeah, that, that that definitely will work for that. Um, yeah, I mean, alcohol is kind of the same way. You know, I, I don't try it in a spot. You know, if you're not familiar with what the plastic you're using, especially. So right, and there's so many different. I, I think that goes with any. Once you get to the, that's why I say try the scrubbing first. Because you get to the chemical, you better try it first, or you know, find something that you can test it on. That's the same plastic because what it does on one plastic may not be the same on another. That's for sure. And it's amazing the numbers of different types, especially, you know, you get into some of those older figures like Migos, you know, and you just don't know what you're going to have, I think, on some of those. Right. And, you know, and I find a lot of the newer stuff is even worse. So it, it's, it's anybody's gamble. You have to really know what you're doing once you get any kind of chemicals involved and, and I test everything. I, I'm sure those McFarland figures, you know, the way they smell coming out of the package, I'm sure that's not harmful at all. <laughs> yeah. I can still remember the way my uh, tripod laser cannon smelled when I got it out as a kid. The uh, the rubbery hose there that plugs into the box and all that. Some of that stuff's really, yeah, can be really <laughs> toxic smelling. But And a, a weird thing uh, can happen, too, I guess. I've just heard about it, but my buddy's into Micronauts big time, and you know, the big rubbery ends that were safety, you know, safety ends instead of the pointy missiles that would fit onto the projectiles. Right. Um, I guess occasionally they confuse, the rubber confused to the hard plastic. So, yeah, you always, I mean, sometimes you have these weird chemical reactions without introducing any new chemicals. And it's like, you know, how do you deal with some of that? And I know we'll, we'll talk about yellowing and hazing and stuff too down the road, but. It's uh, it's quite a chemistry experiment when you start messing with the stuff that was kind of not meant to stick around this long or be, you know, <laughs> right, or this not long. meant to have a bunch of <laughs> other chemicals poured on top of it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like we we need to get a museum curator in just to ask him questions. Go, okay, I've got this action figure from 1976. <laughs> right. How do I need to store this? Exactly. Well, that's the worst is you go in and get something and you're like, yeah, this is, I love this figure. I've had it for so long. And then you go to pick it up and it's like melted partially or whatever and something stuck to it. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I put it in this storage bin so it would be safe. And now it's, you know, taking four other figures with it because they're all stuck together. My buddy's got a real hard time with the, with the 12 inch, um, wetsuits. Apparently they just, oh yeah. yeah. I don't know what they do. They either crumble or they, they melt or whatever, just kind of. Yeah, it just you know. totally deteriorate. Yeah. I actually um pulled some some twelve inch shows out of a, a storage box this summer and um all of the well it's like where the swivel arm battle grip joint would be, the the mid bicep joint. They it was like they'd all swelled and cracked. Really? On like three or four of them. Yeah. Hmm. Um so I don't know what exactly happened there, but it, it was it was strange. Yeah, because those old Joes are pretty tough for yeah. the most part. 
Oh yeah. Except for the muscle body ones, those all fall apart. But I, I, that's, what, that's what happens when you take steroids, G.I. Joe. I, I, <laughs> I don't know where my atomic man is. I'm I'm kind of wondering what kind of condition he's in. But I don't want to look, right? Yeah, he's one of those figures too that I remember the smell of. He he had a little real strong smell that all that clear plastic. Hey, I know that's weird to say, but it's true. You know, some of these yeah. things were that was part of the experience. I remember the smells. <laughs> You you guys understand me. You understand what I'm talking about. I, I would imagine if you're listening to this, you probably understand. <laughs> so um, now, Dave, you mentioned decals. So uh, what what what's your philosophy on decals? Do you try and remove them? Do you try and keep them intact? Everything I you know it's I guess it's pretty personal what you do you know how you go about it. But I kind of do have a philosophy and I, you know, I like original stickers. And so I'm not a huge fan of repro stickers because they, they just tend to look very different to me, even, even if they're done super well, you know, but I have nothing against people who strip the whole thing down and put repro stickers on and it does look sharp. But to me, it changes the look of the toy and makes it look, I don't know, less vintage, I guess, you know. Not that I like dirty, nasty old stickers or anything, but I just kind of think that when you put repro stickers on, it just make, it changes the look for me. So I leave the stickers alone. I try to find pieces that have decent stickers without too much. And then in my world, it's mostly GI Joe, so it's these you know plastic stickers that you tend to get bubbles with quite a bit, you know, or edge like edge goop, you know, that kind of a thing. So I honestly don't mess with the stickers too much. Um, as a matter of fact, I tend to buy a lot of pieces sealed that aren't too expensive, take them out, and I don't even put the stickers on. I just, it's okay with me to have a, I like having a sticker sheet, um, unapplied, you know. I have heard that people have had luck scheming stickers, like the USS flag, um, numbers, for example. Oh. If they're bubbled or whatever, I've heard that if you have a steamer, you can blast it with a steamer and they might settle down a little bit. I haven't tried that yet. I, I am curious to give that a shot because to me that doesn't really, you know, there isn't too much danger in that. I don't think so. I would give that a shot and stuff like that. It's an that's an interesting idea. Um, since you mentioned sticker sheets, I, I can tell you one thing I do is no matter what I get, the first thing I do before I put any of the stickers on is scan it because yeah, that's smart. Because somebody at some point is going to need that. Even it might be me, you know. I mean. I, I actually have to replace some. Um, I have the Queen Starship from Episode One, and um, I have one of the stickers I know in a wrong place, so I'm going to have to replace that at one point. I know, so I'll have to print one of those out. But you know, I, that's just something that I do whenever I get a new Joe vehicle, new Star Wars. I take the sticker sheet, big or small, scan it, and, and that way I know I got it. That's a good idea. Um, what about you, Newt? Do, do you, uh... uh, you know, I. It would be different, and I see where Dave is coming from, and he's obviously dealing with a lot of like the Jajo stuff, and I say that's more modern, but it's not, you know, obviously it's 30 years ago or whatever, so making me feel old, but, uh, a lot of that stuff you can still find a lot of those stickers. So, you know, the further back you get, it gets harder and harder to get some of those stuff, so I don't care as much, uh, but again, I, I always ha- kind of hated the G.I. Joe stickers. I always thought they were cool, but I could never put them on straight. Uh, 
but when I'm like, you know, uh, I did the ATV and I, it's a lot of the, the event, the adventure team stuff and the more vintage stuff, there are some really great, uh, reproduction stickers out there or decals, whatever. Uh, so I'm, I'm not against them. I actually like them. I mean, it, when I did the ATV, it was like, it was going to look okay if I just cleaned it up. The sticker was gone. I mean, the sticker was still there, but it was so faded. There was no sticker anymore, you know, and none of the decals inside were, uh, I don't think they were even on there. Uh, so, you know, it was nice to put some, uh, fresh decals on there and it really made it pop. But I, he is right to some extent because they, you know, they don't always look the same, but I tell you what, there's some of these people who do some, uh, pretty incredible work. I, and I know there's somebody that makes a bunch of them for the three and three quarter stuff, but I've never bought any of those, so I can't swear by those, but I, I have done the 12 inch stuff, uh, and they sell even the, you know, just the little adventure team stickers to go on your clothes because, well, not my clothes, but their clothes, <laughs> uh, they're too little for my clothes. Uh, and everybody, uh, swears by those. Cause of course those all just fall off. They were just stickers, you know, uh, it's pretty rare. I mean, it's not that rare, but it's harder to find, you know, those vintage stickers, uh, still in good shape. So, so I think some of, uh, some of the stuff you can get and some of the stuff is harder to get. So you, you have to go with reproductions, uh, unless you get the, you know, the big bucks. I don't. So, yeah. <laughs> I um I wonder if some of that comes down to like are those mostly paper or are they plastic? What's were that? they ori- ori- the stickers were they originally paper or were they plastic? You know? I think they were paper, you know, with the smooth tops or whatever, but not full plastic. You know, because I've had some uh, I did some scans of some like seventies Star Wars stuff for well, like the Death Star playset, and and they came out looking really good and they didn't look that much different from the original paper stickers maybe it's because right. it you know it's paper to paper right um i don't know there might be something a little more challenging to making a repro plastic sticker that makes it look a little different you know what i mean i don't know right i know all of the uh i have a tie fighter that is uh the, all of the stickers are starting to fall off off the panel so i'm gonna have to do something here for it pretty soon I think I have most of them. And, you know, that's what I'm noticing on a lot of my Star Wars stuff is it's just the stickers are coming off, you know. It's, yeah. It, and those aren't – I'm not going to go buy me a, a vintage Death Star in the box just to get the sticker sheet out of it. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. You know, so. There is something to be said for those old stickers. If they're not – if they just look old, you know, and they, they don't look as sharp anymore. I don't know. I, I kind of like that look sometimes. Uh, obviously, it doesn't look like a pristine thing anymore, but you kind of – I don't know. It almost weathers it, you know. So I mean, again, depending on the damage. But I, my old Millennium Falcon has some great, you know, the the stickers are not coming off, but they just don't look really good anymore. But it gives it kind of a its own character, you know. So I, I think there may be something to be said for the slightly damaged stickers staying on. You know, it's funny you mentioned the Millennium Falcon because that's actually when I was thinking about putting this together. That's something that I. I probably want to get a, a scan and, and redo our the um the control panel for the cockpit because i know as a kid i looked at that cockpit and it it just didn't look like anything and i just put those stickers on wherever i thought they went and right I, and, and most of them have fallen off i think there's like one left you know from from the original so um 
you know, it's basically just a blue council. I, I'd, I'd love to probably go in there and, and fix that one of these days and put them where they're supposed to be and, and you know, get it looking right. But Yeah, I was sort of notorious for that, too. I was like, this is really cool. It would look a little cooler here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just stick it wherever. Well, especially with that thing, because the, the, the control panel in that doesn't look like, you know, it's it just doesn't look like anything. It's like, uh, right. we'll put a block here and one here. and Yeah, I think I um I printed them from... EricStormtrooper.com. I was going to mention him. He's actually a really good source for uh, uh, Star Wars decals. And um, I've actually got a, a mention on there. I can't remember what I scanned, but I scanned something and sent it to him. Um, oh, cool. And he's even got, like, uh, some of the background pieces, too. Um, some scans for, like, some of the cards. And I think he's got, like, the uh, display arena, the backdrops yep. for it. He might have the... Uh, Sears carbon freezing chamber, a scan of it. I'm not sure. He had a lot of stuff. I, and not to go on and on about stickers, but I had this dilemma when I had, you've, you've seen my, uh, I chronicled my, uh, re- restoration of my TIE fighter and my Darth Vader TIE fighter that I got really cheap in a huge lot. And I said, oh, cool. But I had those, those stickers were peeling and they had some like spidering or whatever from the creases and stuff. And I, I was like, what do I do here? You know? And, I I made the decision to keep the stickers because I like you know like you guys I kind of like that vintage look and that was that was after I went through everything I was like that probably wasn't worth it it looked you know <laughs> you know some some restoration projects are like more trouble than they're worth let's say even financially speaking you'd be better off going on eBay and you know <laughs> uh, just buying something for the number of hours you can put in but. That turned out pretty good. How how did you reattach your stickers when you did that? Well, again, I talked to my buddy Matt. Or, you know, some of these collectors of older toys really have been through it, and he knows how to. You know, I just go to him anytime. He's like a he is like a curator, and I say, "What do I do?" You know, he says, "What do you mean? What do you do?" I said, "How do I get those back on? Do I spray mount them? You know, like spray mount one side, spray mount the other. How would I mask the plastic so I don't get the spray all over everything?" He's like. What is it? What are the stickers made of? I said, paper. He said, then what would you use to glue paper onto something? I said, I don't know, glue? He says, yeah, Elmer's glue. He always answers questions like a little bit like, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, we get along very well. But I said, all right, well, how do I do that? He says, we have to brush it on. So it took a long time, but basically I took the sticker, you know, um, some of them just kind of fell right off. If you peel them, they're so dried, you know, they just kind of fell right off. Others, I'm worried I'm going to rip them when I'm trying to take them off. But basically, I used a paintbrush and I brushed Elmer's glue, a thin coating of Elmer's glue on the sticker, like every square inch of the sticker without putting too much on the edges. And then you press it on and I did have some like wet Q-tips to mop up the extra, you know, any excess glue, but by the, you know, about halfway through, I was getting really good at knowing exactly how much to put on, and it was quite an art. And uh, and a weird thing happened too after I put it on there. Once it dried, it kind of, you know, it was loose and slidey a little bit. But then it kind of like sucked into the plastic. It, it created a really awesome bond, and it they're really flat, and uh, you know, it looks good. Hmm. Yeah, I. I would have probably tried like double-sided tape before <laughs> I would have done that. You know, I, I don't know if you've seen the um, 
It's like what scrapbookers use. It looks yeah. like uh like a scotch tape, but it's actually got adhesive on both sides. Um, you know that that was what I was actually thinking about using on my Tie Fighter. Um, I, my only re- I think I had talked to you, and yeah. I asked about that. My only reservation with that would have been if there's any kind of gap, or if there's you know like you could tell that it's affixed here but not there. I'm not saying what I mean. What I did was kind of insane, but. I'll admit it. Um, you know, for a piece that ends up being worth maybe 40 bucks. (laughs) Um, but it, it, it looks, you know, those stickers are flat and they look, they do look like part of the vehicle, you know, rather than hanging off at all. So. Yeah, I, I almost, uh, Mrs. Nerd has a, uh, a Xyron machine. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those. But it, it's something that scrapbookers and crafters use where, um, you can put, uh, a piece of paper through and, and back it with adhesive. You can laminate it. You, you can get different cartridges that go in and out of it. Like they have, uh, magnetic backing, you know, and then, then basically your paper has whatever backing or lamination you want on it, you know, and that would be probably a little more extreme kind of thing, but. That was one of my other thoughts is, is using that because it would, it would basically adhesive the whole back of the decal. Yeah, no, that's cool. That would, yeah, that sounds actually kind of interesting. Yeah, you want to experiment with something, but I would try that. I, it's one of those things I got into. I was like, I'm finishing this and I'm finishing it this way. Well, <laughs> uh, whatever. I can do that sometimes. What, what other sources do you guys use for your, your decals? I mean, if you're going to get a repro, or where else have you found uh, good sources for decals? Well, CobraStickers.com is the big That's difference. the one I was thinking of a minute ago. I couldn't think of the name of it. They do incredible stuff, and I think they're the ones that do the die cut. There's another, so they're cut. You know, you don't have to cut them, which is like a lifesaver. But then there are some others that uh, I think are non-die cut. And um, I've, I've had some, and they look really good. They do, they do incredible work and they're getting better. I mean, the flag set is like a hundred bucks, but, you know, hey, where how, else? How, how many pages is that set though? It, isn't it a bunch? It is. I don't know. I don't know how many, but it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's well worth the money, but it's just a lot to put up, you know? I know, um, there used to be a site for Star Wars and, and them with, uh, Eric Stormtrooper were, were places that I'd go and I'd just like look at them. Um, and it was called Gatters, G-A-D-D-E-R. And then it was like Star Wars inserts for a while and, and they've just kind of disappeared from the web, but they had like scans of almost every sticker sheet for the vintage stuff and scans of all the instruction books too, which was just really cool. But, uh, there, there's just not enough of those sources out there, you know, I don't think, but. You know, like I said, the the best thing to do is just probably ask around, you know, on, on Twitter, who has a scan of what. And I, I've noticed some people asking lately and getting responses. So I think more and more people are scanning now that it's a little more common. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know a guy, If uh, there's a couple of places if you, and I, mostly I'm into, you know, Migos or, or Vintage Joes or something. So this is mostly the place most people probably know about these, but Cotswold Collectibles. Sells a bunch of, uh, reproduction stickers, third son books. And then there's a guy and he makes, and I think he's actually the guy that makes, uh, cops waltz. Uh, but he posts on several different forums. His name is Bob, but he goes by that Batman guy. And, uh, he does reproduction vinyl 
uh, stickers and they're cut and he does just for just about everything. And I think if you contacted him and said, look, you know, I want to get stickers of this, he could probably hook you up. Uh, but he doesn't have a website as far as I know. So you just have to search out that Batman guy and hope you get the right one. Uh, just inquire about the decals. Are, are you that uh, Batman guy? <laughs> no. That, no, I'm not. Not that, not that one. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you can, sorry. I was going to uh, go for that. <laughs> But he he does good stuff. I've I've gotten some from him, and I I got some from him, and then uh, he sells on eBay too. But I don't know what his eBay name is. So again, it's somebody you have to search out. But I got some, and then I later on I was on another forum, and I was complaining about them or something. And uh, he's like, "Oh, well, that's my older ones. Let me send you the new ones," and sent me some other ones. And so he was, you know, real cool. And he's always trying to make his stuff better and better. So. But why he doesn't have a website, to my knowledge, I don't know. I'll probably get an email. I do have a website, you idiot. <laughs> but I don't know his website, so I don't think he, I really don't think he has one. He's not good at advertising it if he does. But well, if if we find out, we will we will post links for him. I, yeah. We'll, Otherwise, just just Google it. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's some. It seems like the people that are are that do that kind of work, you know, whether it's repro heads or. You know, repro decals, they, they just don't seem to advertise real well that they do it. You know, it's just, right. I know a guy that knows a guy that can get me a, you know, Amigo Superman head or. Well, I, I don't know what all the legalities, cause the repro heads or whatever, they're gone, right? Uh, I think. And. I think so, yeah. It was, you know, I think it was, I think there's some other people that are maybe a little more professional and they try to take out some of the underground guys who are competition. So, and, and I don't, like I said, I don't know what all the legalities, I think there was some legal stuff going on with some of those. Oh, I'm sure. And I, I think it's some of the other people in the community who are kind of sicking on, uh, you know, getting people to get rid of the competition. So I really I, like the, um, the, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm done. No, I, I really, um, as far as Migo stuff goes, you know, I had, I think I had it. I have like a foggy memory of having a couple as a kid, but some of the, uh, the real American hero, whatever you want to call them, uh, tribute Migos are pretty amazing to me. Like the Cobra Trooper and uh, I think Cobra Commander with the custom cards and everything. Right. A little gray market, I guess, with Migos stuff, but some of it's really incredible. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of those guys still do it. Like I said, I think there used, there was a couple of years ago when I first started getting into it. You could get anything. I mean, they had, you know, heads and stuff of just about everything. And, uh, they've all sort of disappeared with the exception of a few in the last couple of years. And I think, I think a lot of them still do it, but they have to be really underground now. And I think there become some, you know, scares about people getting sued or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to speak for that, but if you go on the Migo Museum and ask around, you can find somebody who does something. You just have to, you know, it's like trying to get drugs or something. It's like, uh, do you know anybody that, you know, meet me at the corner and I can get you your, you know, Shazam head or whatever. <laughs> that does sound like a drug. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's you a, want, you want some Captain Marvel eight inch, you know. <laughs> You know, that's, that's actually a really good source if you're looking for like Migos and, and some of that era stuff, the, the Migo Museum folks. And, and, and we've had them on the podcast before. They, they are just awesome, um, about, about helping people, you know? 
Yeah, they're really good about, uh, you can learn a lot there and, and the, everybody's kind of tried and done it and some of them have turned it into real businesses and so there's a lot of good experience to be learned there and they're usually pretty helpful. I just want to know when Micronauts are going to relaunch. That's all I want to know from the Mego guys. <laughs> they, have a, they have a sub forum for that, but it's not very active. <laughs> yeah. Which is a shame. I don't understand that. I, I, I would have thought that would have been a bigger, you know why? Cause there was no real cartoon for it. That, that's why it hasn't came back. Yeah, you, you do need media. I mean, there was that Palisade. I was all on board with the Palisade stuff when that came out. Um, but then there was all sorts of talks. I think Marty Abrams was interviewed and everything about, you know, a possible relaunch and new designs and everything. I was getting pumped for that, but. I think Hasbro claimed they were going to do something with it not that long ago, right? And then nothing came of that either. No. Was it part of that one magazine they did, that comic book they did for Toy Fair? Yeah, I think they were in that, but it, that's, the rumor was, you know, that, oh, they're going to do something with it. And then it was like, that went nowhere. I, I do think 3A has Micronauts, but they have uh, the Japanese ones or whatever. And God only knows oh. what they'll what they'll actually come up with when they produce it. Or be priced. Well, yeah, and they'll be $80, and you'll have to be there at 3 a.m., and they'll be up for four minutes, and you have to place your order then, and then they'll reappear at... 4.30 a.m., you know, if you've ever tried to order any of their figures, it's ridiculous. And they'll ship in three to nine months, right? Yeah, yeah, and and they'll smell like turpentine when you get them. But <laughs> uh, you talk about a figure that reeks. Get any of those Ashley Wood 3A figures, and you can – you don't need to huff cans of paint. You can just huff that figure for a good year. <laughs> you'll be high as a kite. <laughs> That, Not I that we condone it. any of that kind of thing on. Podcast. No, no, I'm, obviously, sounds it's, I sound like a drug addict. I'm like, you got to get your drugs for your amigos. You got to huff the figures. <laughs> this has turned into an intervention and less of a podcast about. <laughs> well, your friends called us. And <laughs> yes. said. Um, speaking of speaking of dangerous chemicals, uh, you guys still there? We yeah. are. Okay, you got quiet <laughs> on me. <laughs> I've had enough of this. I will not be called a drug addict. On this <laughs> um, we'll, we'll we'll switch to a different dangerous chemical. And I, I want one of the reasons I asked Dave on is uh, is exactly for his Tie Fighter uh, restoration. He did some bleaching, um, I, so I, I was hoping maybe you could fill us in on what you were doing there. Yeah, sure. I um, when I don't have much into something and it's yellow, I just I, I have a hard time with stuff that's yellowing white plastic that's yellowing i just kind of can't tolerate it in my collection so you know i'm kind of like well this thing's no good to me anyway if if hydrogen peroxide destroys this so be it you know and i've only ever used regular hydrogen peroxide which i think is three percent maybe something like that um that you get in the drugstore in the or walmart or whatever in the big brown jugs you know um and I found that, you know, if I use it in combination with sunlight, the stuff, you know, the, the effect happens quicker. And I've had really good luck with it. Stuff goes from really yellow to really white. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, it's going to revert back eventually and it might, I don't know. I, I've had some pieces for, you know, years and they haven't, uh, they say it kind of ruins the, the finish maybe 
makes it matte instead of glossy. And I haven't really noticed that. Um, but these are some pieces that are kind of beat anyway. So what I do is for smaller pieces, I'll put them in a, you know, like a clear bin, um, and just dunk them and, and put them out in the yard and let the sun beat on the thing all day and flip it around, whatever, rotate it in a couple days that usually whitens right up. Um, and then for pieces that I can't submerge, like the TIE fighter body, you know, I was out there with a, I was out there spraying it periodically throughout the day with a, like a, whatever, a spray bottle and, uh, rotating it around. And I had really good luck whitening up that TIE fighter. So now have you done this with figures and vehicles or, or both or just uh, one or? Yeah, I've done it. I, I didn't have any luck with, I did, I tried to do a couple snow troopers. I've done a storm trooper. I don't think I've ever done, uh, like a storm shadow or anything like that. I, I just haven't had any that needed it. But I've heard people say that the paint, if you do it too much, the paint can fade too. So you get, you gotta be careful. Some people go right for the, like, industrial strength stuff and that can really, really mess things up. I know a guy in the UK for, I think it was for a, um, space shuttle complex he he made this big tall box out of rubbermaid stuff and then he just put a little bit like a shallow coat of that heavy duty stuff at the bottom and he made like a like a steam chamber for the thing he put it out in the sun and just the fumes whitened up the structure because it was too big to dunk or whatever so all kinds of funky stuff you can do with it but you do kind of have to know that you could mess your toy up you know that's like CSI fingerprint stuff there. That's yeah. <laughs> a little more advanced than I am. Yeah, I mean, I again, you know, I bought a lot of Star Wars stuff, uh, you know, like a collection of Star Wars stuff for 75 bucks or something. It was all of it was just, you know, totally beat. And so I had nothing really to lose, you know. So I got a little extreme with some of these. Now, um Right in front of me, actually, I have a 12-inch uh, vintage Stormtrooper, and um, he's actually yellowing, like, right at the glue seams. Any luck there, or do you, you ever try to do just the seams, or do you pretty much do the whole thing? No, I haven't, and I, that sounds like the glue itself um, would be my guess, or maybe the reaction between the glue and the plastic. And, and so, you know, one figure can have, you know, two different types of plastic, and one might react to the bleaching and one might not. I think I ran into that with the snow trooper. Like, you know, the hard body, the, the torso didn't whiten up, but the softer legs did. So you can get some weird results if you, you know, it's kind of like at your own risk, I guess. Dave, Dave's going to get like all sorts of angry tweets on Twitter. Yeah. I hate my, mail. My, my stormtrooper, my snowtrooper has black arms and a white body now. <laughs> <laughs> We're all big boys, you know. This is a big risk, right? Yeah, I, I think that's important to note that, uh, again, you know, if you can test it in a small area, test it in a small area, for sure. Yeah, I, I yeah, really, that's I just do key. it with, better. yeah, that's, it's, that's true. I, cause I don't really, you know, I guess I, I don't care too much if they get destroyed. I have to ask because you posted a picture of it. What happened to the Wampa? Did he not turn out right? He decided he needed some bling, or 
Yeah, he, he wasn't, that was a long process. I think I had him in the bin for, you know, six months to a year and I got no, I got, I did not get the desired result. So he, I spray painted him, uh, gold. I want to see. <laughs> but he looks pretty cool. He, he does look cool. I, I just, I'm trying to figure out what, uh, what movie franchise he would, he would show up in, you know? It's like the, the Puff Daddy, uh, Wampa. Asked me to do that. I, I can't. I can't explain. I, I, I cannot defend my actions. It, it, it's a cool picture, though. It, it, um, and I've I've never really done a lot of bleaching or anything. So, and I don't know if you've ever tried this on anything because I used it on. I've used it on clear stuff. I used it on the ATV thing, and I liked it. And I've used it on a couple of different plastics, but I haven't tried it on white. But I think it would work. But I mean, it depends on what it is. The Meguiar's or McGears or however you say it. The plastics that you have to like you know, buff on there. Uh it really it takes out all of the cloudiness and stuff. I mean it's for your uh headlights to de um, you know not make them cloudy and stuff. So I don't know if that would work uh on a yellowing white figure. I don't know if anybody's ever tried that or if no, not, I... somebody should try it now. <laughs> now now you said you've tried it on clear and it's worked? Yeah, I mean on clear you can get it to uh I mean, that's what it's designed for, you know, like a headlight, which is clear. But, I mean, I've used it on clear plastic for, like, uh, the MSV and stuff, uh, the Adventure Team vehicle or whatever. And you can, you know, it it won't get it 100% like new, but it'll take all of that, you know, corrosion or whatever, the, the yellowing off of it. So, I don't know, but it might would work on, like, a. now I'm curious and I want to go get, like, a yellow Stormtrooper and see if that'll work. But but you have to you know that you have to really have to buff that in there. So, but you might could do it on smaller figures like a stormtrooper. I don't know if it would work on like a wampa or something because that's you know different plastic or whatever. But for clear items it works and it does work for certain other plastic items because I mean I shined up my ATV with it and stuff and it kind of takes out the scratches and stuff, fades all that stuff. So yeah. you know and the, the headlights or whatever get yellow so. My thought is is that it would work hmm. on white plastic, but it, I'm just throwing it. I haven't tried it, so maybe I just discovered something. So uh, you heard it here, toy collectors. Go ahead yeah. into your, your auto parts store, and I, I probably wouldn't tell them what you're going to do with it. <laughs> yeah, tell them you're doing something manly, not, you know, shining up your stormtroopers. <laughs> it's manly. They may not think it is, but it is. I have a good relationship with my Napa guy, but not that good. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, because somebody had mentioned something um, recently to me about uh, being able to kind of restore a plastic canopy, a clear canopy, and um, I, they didn't know what it was. So I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that out. I, I think it is Meguiar's now that you say yeah, that. Yeah, and it's, I think it's called Plastex or something like that, and it's... It's good stuff. I mean, I bought it and I've used it several times now on different stuff. Somebody pointed me to that and said, well, you can do that and it'll, and it really does. And it's like, well, you know, it's like, oh, well, what is this really for? And it's like, oh yeah, it's for the headlights. Well, that's exactly what it does, you know, on that, the plastic of your headlights. So I think it would work. I mean, I don't know. but it, you know, everything I've done it on, it's worked. So that's good. And, and your ATV looks awesome. If, if, if anybody here hasn't seen it, they need to go check out, um, the link. I'll, I'll try and put it in the same post with this or near the same post in the forum with this. Cause, uh, 
that restoration project, you did a really nice job, and I, I am jealous of your ATV. So, uh, you know, I always wanted one, and then I got to want it. it. You know, it really was in bad shape. I mean, it's not like I've I've seen people do much more impressive stuff, but it was one of those same you know projects. You just work on it a little bit, and uh, then you get it together, and and I've, it inspired me to kind of mess around with some of you know some of my other old stuff and. I tend to buy this old crap off eBay, and it looks like somebody's played with it, so I have to try to fix it. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, it's it's it was it was nice because when it's done, it shined up, you know. And a lot of that had to do with that plastic stuff. But uh, like I said, I tried it on the MSV, the clear dome or whatever, and it worked on there and stuff. So some something to for somebody more adventurous to try. You know, if I knew where my old Yellow stormtroopers were. I would, uh, I would try that, but I don't know where they're at. So I, I know where some of mine are, but I don't have any of that stuff. So I, will, I will, might have to go get some. I, that might be worth trying on this this 12 inch uh, troopers uh, seams too. I just yeah, because it, it well, it's bigger too, so you'd be able to you know kind of buff it a little bit or whatever with your hands. Yeah, I'll shine him right up. <laughs> I know this isn't, this may not be on our, you know, agenda here, but just quickly I'll say one thing I, I've been doing, which is a pretty simple fix. For any piece of plastic you have that you want to straighten out, and you guys may know this very well, but what I'll do is, uh, like a, let's say a long gun or something that's like a long, uh, snowtrooper gun that's bent a little bit, or an antenna or whatever, I will boil water, you know, put it in a mug, dip the thing in, to, and leave it in there for, you know, whatever, 30 seconds. Take it out, bend it back the other way, and run it under cold water, or just let it cool down. And I've had a lot of luck straightening out stuff that way. It's a kind of simple fix that people may know about, but I want to share that. Oh no! And you know the thing is, is if you don't know about it, it's good to say it because I, I think people, you know, always hear that. Well, boil it, and people just never really. Well, what do they mean? You know, and uh, so it's good to good to talk about that. I think because you know, there's always somebody new out there that doesn't know how to do it. So. Yeah, and from my experience, and I, I don't know if you guys have the same, but uh, literally boil it, or you know, put it in the microwave, get it hot. People were like, well, I tried it and, you know, I ran it under the hot water and it didn't work. And, you know, it's like, get it, get it good and hot. You know, don't, don't burn your face off. But, <laughs> uh, you know, to really get a good effect, you want to get it real good and hot that in the beginning. And a lot of people, as they say, boil it, but then they just really get just, you know, lightly hot water and it, some stuff doesn't act. Sometimes it, that'll work. Sometimes that's all you need. And sometimes you really got to, so I'm, I'm always, uh, my girlfriend always laughs at me because I'll have cups of water and she'll come in there and she's like, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm just keep microwaving this cup, you know, and she's like, you're taking heads off of something, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, putting something together or taking it apart or whatever. <laughs> Boiling my water in there. It's Amigo Spock body with a Mr. T head. Yeah, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Sorry, that's from Big Bang Theory. I had to. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I'm only here for the humor because you guys are experts and, and, and you guys are really impressing me with your knowledge. So, I, well, <laughs> I thank you again. Um, there you go, setting that bar too high. I know. I know. Um, what does this reveal? All it reveals is that I spend way too much time restoring toys, thinking about toys, playing with toys. 
feels I'm a sad, lonely little man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an expert. You're, I think we have the right audience right here for that, though. For sure. Um, kind of moving on a little bit, uh, what kind of glues? I mean, obviously, with everything, you kind of got to put stuff back together and, you know, you, you find your, your, uh, Sundance kid in a box and his head's, you know, snapped off. Um, what kind of glues do you guys like to use? And, you know, I'll, I'll probably, uh, kick this off to, um, you know, kick this question off because I, I kind of do draw the line at gluing stuff. Unless it's, you know, a childhood thing that I really, really want to see back together. I kind of, if something's straight up broken, I normally try to get a replacement. So I, not, not to sound snobby or anything, but I don't really have much experience with gluing stuff. You're, back you're like a restoration purist over there. I, yeah. Hey, I've got, you know, I've got my own toy collecting issues, definitely. <laughs> Admittedly. He'll <laughs> paint a wampa gold, but. He's not going to glue it back together. Well, that's, that's something totally different. Exactly. Um, I know I've, uh, I've had some success because I, I did have a Sundance kid that I snapped the head off and I actually think I did it as a kid. Um, I had another figure that I wish I had back and that was a, uh, a mail away hooded Cobra commander that I had snapped the head off of. Ooh. And I, I know, I know Dave's probably crying right now when he hears that. And, uh, <laughs> My my ex-wife, I think, um, tossed him out at some point when we were together. So, Oof, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, but I have the I have the file card to prove that I had him. So, but um, <laughs> when I went to go uh, try and put the Sundance Kid back together, I I got some stuff from uh, Superglue, and it, it's for hard to bond plastics, and it actually has like a primer you put on first, and you let it dry for like ten seconds, and then apply the glue, and that worked really well. Um. But kind of like what we were talking about, I think, you know, every plastic's a little different, especially when it comes to gluing. Um, you know, sometimes you don't get the same results, that's for sure. Right. You know, I had one of those, uh, my brother got it in a trade with somebody else, and I, I want to say he traded, uh, oh, no, I can't remember, some, it was a really stupid figure, but he traded it for one of those mail-away uh, hooded Cobra Commanders, but you said that, and his head was broke off too so maybe that was a common problem <laughs> do you want to know why it happened i can tell you why it happened because as a kid you look at it and that hood was rubber and everybody was trying to look under the hood right right <laughs> and, and that's what snapped it off i i can almost guarantee you that's what snapped all those off oh yeah yeah it was just funny you mentioned that because i was thinking yeah i had one of those in his head had a tendency to fall off too because we would you know glue it back on uh I haven't had I haven't had a whole lot of luck with glue. I like super glue, you know. But of course, super glue you have to be an expert to use, and you glue your fingers together, and then you glue a fingerprint onto whatever you're doing. But it does work if you can do it right. Uh, there's uh, I've used it a couple times, and and it's been all right. The Crafters Loctite, and it oh, you know yeah, it's a good one. Uh, you know it's the thicker. It's almost like uh, I don't know, but it, it dries clear. I'm trying to, you know, it's almost like a toothpaste consistency or something. And, uh, then Testers has like a plastic cement, but it's really just a glue. Uh, but again, you want to, you want to be careful on that one, which, 
product you're putting it on, you know, you might want to test that on something, make sure it doesn't have a reaction. But for thin things, you know, you can brush that on real easy and it, it's got a pretty solid, uh, for plastic to plastic, pretty solid bond. So, and, yeah. and less likely on that one to stick your fingers to it and get your fingers stuck together like you are with super glue. But I, I do have a funny tester story from when I was a kid. Um, you know, all the Star Wars figures of the original 12, and this is going to make some people cry. Um, I, I always hated that their guns were loose because I was losing them and stuff. So um, I had the brilliant idea I was going to use model glue and uh, glue all their weapons in their hands. <laughs> and I actually did it, and you know what happened? It actually wouldn't stick to either the weapon or their hand. And I don't know if it's because hmm. they were painted and they didn't want to stick to the guns, but basically it would dry up, and they, it, they would stay in their hands for, like, two days. And then you could just pull that piece of glue out, and they were just fine. Hmm, interesting. Well, fine-ish, I mean. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, like, the hands melted, and he had, no, like, no, 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 turned into Mega Man or whatever. No. <laughs> like that, but. Have you guys ever done the—I haven't done this, but where you, you want to join something together, you kind of make a— you drill two holes into the two pieces that you want to put together. You put a little post in there, and then you glue. You know what I mean? To kind of reinforce. Oh, like glue around the post? Yeah. I've yeah. never done that. Um, I, I know somebody that did that, but they did it with, like, a little piece of toothpick, and, you know, um, they said it worked out, but I, I've i never done it. Um, I've thought about doing it, but, you know, that's, that's a lot of work. I've just never had really had the right thing to do it with either. Yeah, I guess that can work, too. Uh, but I haven't done that either, no. I mean, the trick's drilling the hole, and that's what's always scared me. If it's something real thin, you know, you got to watch how you're drilling it and make sure it's straight. And I, I'm being an engineer, it would, you know, it would require a three-hour setup to drill one <laughs> hole, you know, at the right angle, and yeah, it, it would just be bad all the way around. <laughs> Definitely be bad. Yeah, you, you do. You do have to constantly think about. The time money trade off, I will, I would say. And I've, I've aired, I have not made the best decisions, uh, all along the, the line on that. I mean, sometimes there's just will take too much work to restore something. You're better off, you know, bailing. <laughs> yeah. I, for, for me, it's not so much. And I, you know, I, I mentioned that a lot of people are buying vintage toys right now. It's kind of why I wanted to do this. But for me, you know, if I'm going to restore something, it, it's going to be something that I had as a kid. And, yeah. you know, it's more a labor of love. And, and I think those kind of projects, you know, you get what you put into it. And if you put a little bit of time into it, you're going to get a little bit of results. And, and the more time and care, I think, you know, it's like anything, like building diorama or, you know, doing customs. It, it, it's how much time you put in shows in the end product, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And how much talent you have. Well, <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And whether you're and whether you're a good person or not. No, yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, you're right though. If you if it's something you really are enjoying, it's much better than it's like if you're trying to do it to get rich or something. You're probably in a bad, you know, it, it's probably not going to work out for you. Uh, but if it does, I want a percentage. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if you're if you're really enjoying it, and then you can kind of take your time. If you're trying to rush and you're saying like, oh, I got to get this, you know, looking pristine. In a short amount of time, because I'm trying to sell it on eBay for twice as much money, <laughs> you, you might give that up. 
and you, you'll enjoy it better if it's something that you're, you know, you're into. Of course, the, the downside to that is if it's something you, you know, you enjoy and you really care about and then you screw it all up because you don't know what you're doing, uh, it stings a little more. So, cause I've been there too. So, you know, uh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, you know, I I think that that's kind of, you know, we were talking about some of these people that sell, you know, custom heads and decals and stuff. I, I've seen that happen with a couple of those people where, you know, they were just doing a few at the beginning and then they were kind of successful at it and then they try and grow and, and then just lose, you know, their quality. Right, or their passion to do it because yeah. they're just cranking out too much or it's just not as good, yeah. I think it has to be something you're really interested in doing. You know, or if, or you're just doing it as a fun project. Uh, Dave said he bought a bunch of stuff and kind of wanted to fart around with making some of it look nice, which is another good way to do it. You know, and a good way to get experience, obviously too. Yeah, the the process is you know is fun. It's kind of like woodworking or whatever else, I guess. You know, so sometimes like with those Tie Fighters, I I don't even want to think about how many hours I put into them, but uh, you just kind of get in the zone. You're like, I'm. This, I'm, I'm gonna do this. And it, it's fun. It is fun. But, uh, I guess what I'm saying is sometimes you can get in the zone a little bit too much and you can, you, you, you know. Way too much time and money <laughs> yeah. on something that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet your, bet your wife knows exactly how much time you have in this type <laughs> Honey, honey. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> um, speak, going off the glue topic here a little bit and switching gears. Um, same kind of thing though. Paint. You guys find any paints work better than others? I mean, pretty much model paints or? Again, I, I don't really get into painting too much except when I want to spray paint a wampa gold <laughs> and then it's just Rust-Oleum. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't do too much, um, touch up really with, with what I collect and keep, you know, and, and I'm not really much of a customizer, although I, I, all kidding aside that, you know, messing around with that Wampa and the Snow Trooper and painting. I did paint details. I used, you know, testers on the black of the eyes of the, of the Snow Trooper I painted gold. Um, anyway, I guess that's what I use. That's pretty much the extent of my paint experience, though. Uh, you know, I, I want to be a really great customizer, but, again, it goes back to that talent thing. Uh, I'm well aware that I'm not. So, uh, paint always, you know, turns into a disaster for me for the most part. But I have, you know, learned a couple of things. Usually use some kind of acrylic paint that's a little better because there's nothing worse than, like, you've painted something, it looks nice, and then, uh, you know, and then it rubs off or it looks nice, and then you come back a day later and it's all, funky looking because the paint changes once it's, you know, completely dry or it stays sticky forever or whatever. So the testers, acrylics and stuff tend to be, uh, what I use when I do that stuff. And then you want some kind of a sealant to spray over it. Some of those, you know, show, so you're going to be, you got to wrap the figure up or whatever. So you cover just that area. So you're just getting that spot but if you don't do that you know you've got a real good chance of it being tacky and stuff when you're done so and if you've done some kind of elaborate paint job and you're not very talented you'd be very frustrated that you've ruined your paint job because you didn't seal it with something yeah i actually had that happen and i don't remember what i was painting but i think i was using some lower end acrylic type stuff and um i don't remember what happened but i came back like a day later oh i know what i did i was using um sharpie 
you know, and I was using it for like a like a paint marker type thing to, to mm-hmm. do some of the detail work on something, and uh, it ran like and, and took out the acrylic next to it. Right. So, you know, I, I, that's something else you kind of got to watch for if you're if you're going to do acrylics, do all acrylics. You know, don't don't mix the oils and acrylics. Yeah. You'll right. Run into issues for sure. So. Well, and the other thing, avoid the temptation uh, to use a regular black sharpie to fill in an eyebrow or a hairline or whatever. I think we've all probably done it before, but it, it ruined, you know, it, it goes blue everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it will run. It won't run immediately. It might take a year before it actually shows up. Sometimes it takes, you know, a day or so and it's all over the place, but it'll, can really screw things up if you don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, that's, so. that's real good advice. Um, and not one that a lot of people, you know, can, you just kind of think, oh, that's just, uh, just a little sharpie there. Oh. Just, just a little dot and it, it'll be, it'll look great for, you know, like I said, sometimes it looks great for a long time and then you go in there and all of a sudden half its face is blue because <laughs> that, you know, it, it just spreads out eventually or it's purple or whatever, you know, you get that discolor. And I did that a lot when I was, uh, younger. It was like, oh, all these, you know, old G.I. Joes or whatever, their eyebrows are missing or his hair's missing. Ah, fix that, fix that, fix that. Yeah, look at me, I'm a customizer. And then, <laughs> you know, and then uh now i got a bunch of, you know, crappy figures I can't do anything with because they're covered in Sharpies. So don't make that mistake. All, all look like they have running mascara. They, they yeah. were all, you know, goth in the 80s. And- yeah, or, you know, they look like they're zombies or something. It's like turn their faces blue. Uh, leaching out into that vinyl. Is that what those heads are? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, those and even the harder plastic stuff, it'll do it too. I mean, especially, yeah, you don't, don't even think about doing it to a vinyl head because it really will. It'll be, it won't, you won't even get the couple of weeks or year or whatever. <laughs> it'll be overnight. It'll look stupid, but, <laughs> uh, you know, even some of the harder plastic stuff, it'll, it'll run in there or leach in there. It's, uh, it's, it's bad. I don't know. I've never tried it though, but, uh, you might could do it with like those Gundam markers, but I don't know. I've never tried that. So I never had good experience with the Sharpies. So, but I know those Gundam markers are like different. They're paint or something. So they're not cheap if I remember right either. No, they're expensive. That's why I've, that's why I've never tried it. (laughs) But, but you might could do it because they're, uh, you know, smaller and finer or whatever for those. But I don't know, because that most, I think those Gundams are like real hard plastic, so do it at your own discretion, I guess. Well, you, you'd actually mentioned, um, G.I. Joe eyebrows and, and hair and stuff, and, and, and one thing I wanted to throw out was the, uh, club hair for G.I. Joe site. Um, they actually do, like, uh, custom flocking. And, uh, they'll, they'll custom flock a head for you if you want, you know, if you want. A guy with a gray goatee, they'll they'll do that or whatever you want. So uh, they're kind of a neat service that's out there. Yeah, he does. Uh, he and he does eyebrows and stuff too. Uh, the guy that runs that site, he'll do the he'll paint the eyes, and he does a lot of stuff. There's another really cool flocking guy uh, called Flock Concepts, and the guy that does that's name's Ray, and. Uh, He'll actually teach you how to flock. You can go there and buy all the stuff. Uh, but he does all the cool custom stuff too. Uh, you can send him stuff and he'll pretty, it's a real good service. I've used them both and they're both, uh, really good. The flock is much better than 
any of the modern stuff and even a lot of the vintage stuff you can throw it in the water and stuff. Uh, <laughs> if you want to take your Jajos in the bathtub. Or uh, swimming pool. Yeah, or swimming pool or whatever. Out in the so rain. Is that, is it just glued on stuff? I mean, it's not rooted, right? No, no, it's, it's, I've watched some of the, that's what I'm saying, the, the guy at the flock concepts, he has a lot of videos that like can teach you how to do it, but it's like electrically, it's glue, and then it like, there's some kind of electromagnet thing and it spins the flock around and shoots it via static or something. It's out of my pay grade, but it's, <laughs> it's really neat how it all goes on there. Uh, and then it, but I mean, it is glued on there. Yeah. But, uh, the guy at flock concepts uses some kind of special glue that doesn't, he doesn't tell you to put it in the bathtub, but you can put it in water and it doesn't, you know, come off or whatever. And I, I think the, uh, Club Hair Joe, guy's name's Craig, but I can't think, uh, can't think for sure if those are as waterproof or not, but I, I do have a couple of those and they look really nice. And I've got a couple of 40th GI Joes that, uh, he repainted the faces to look like, or the eyebrows and stuff to look like the vintage and they're, he did a real good job. So oh, that's cool. Club hair. So. Yeah, uh, he does the scar and everything, doesn't he? Yeah, he yeah, he can do a scar and stuff. The other one, like I said, the other guy's mostly just flocking, but he does some really neat uh, flocking things, and he's come on the scene. I think Club Hair is probably the most famous of doing that, but he does. I think he'll do scars and paint and the whole nine. So, part of me wants to send a three and three quarter and get a head flocked. I was just about yeah. to say that. We, did you see the Creo uh, Adventure Team dude that's yeah. got a flocked oh, yeah, yeah. head? Yeah. yeah, that is uh, that is cool. cool. That is cool. Um, now the club hair guy, he'll actually restring a vintage Joe for you as well, and tighten up the rivets and everything in it. Um, any other sources out? Do you know out there for that kind of stuff? I want to say there used to be the GI Joe Medic. I think it was what it was called, but I don't know if that site's still around or not. Uh, honestly, I think it's. I think it's. Well, there's there's one in the UK. If anybody's in the UK, Action Bert, he does them. He does really cool flocking and stuff. Uh, but it doesn't really make sense if you're in the US to send your stuff over there. Uh, we're we're heard all over the world here. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking, look him up. I don't, you just have to Google Action Bert because his website's got a really long weird name, I think. But uh. He does need flocking. I, I really like the flock concept stuff because he's, he's more adventurous. Yeah, I think, uh, Craig with the club hair is more of a purist and this other guy will flock just about anything. You can send him, you could send him a three and three quarter inch Joe and he'd flock it for you, I think. So, uh, I actually have a, uh, the Weir Rabbit from the, the Wallace and Gromit line. I, he's huge, but he's got sculpted hair, and he, I think he would just look neat flocked. Yeah. And part of me wants to do that, but... A la Moss Man. Yeah, without the patchouli. <laughs> I got the uh, Sideshow Hammerhead, Star Wars Hammerhead, and I, mm-hmm. I really want to get him flocked with, like, an Adventure Team beard. But I, it's <laughs> like, I, I really don't... I was like, oh, he would look so cool. But it's like, you know, an $80 figure or whatever, so I, don't, I haven't really had the nerve to do it but one of these days i probably will i'm just gonna like send it off and be like flocking <laughs> D- dave's been venturing into uh sideshow 
territory recently. So, yes, I have. Yep. Um, and Sideshow's been awesome to us. We just posted a uh, a review of the Black Dragon Ninja that that they sent to us, which uh, is an incredible figure. And in a couple of days, I'm expecting. I don't have any hard, you know, dates, but um, Snake Eyes and Timber figure set and. Now, Timber would look cool flocked. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, really, really love their, what they're doing with the Joe stuff, and I have my wish list of what else I'd love to see. A red flocked, uh, snow job? <laughs> oh, I'd like to see snow jobs, that's for sure. Yeah. Snow serpent. Uh, I want my chameleon for my Zartan. Yeah. I got a lot of wishes. Well, and all, not all flock is created equal, cause I got some of the new from the Jajo Club or whatever, and like they just sent me a figure the other day, and the flocking is coming off of it and stuff, and it's a little disappointing. It's like, psh, now I have a brand new figure, and I'm already gonna have to get him reflocked. Wow. So. I have one. I have, uh, probably about a 2005 when they did the mummy set. Um, guy had the, the pith helmet. And right. He has a goatee, um, but he doesn't have a shaved head yet. So, uh, but his is held up pretty well. And, he, and he's normally one of the figures that's on my desk that I kind of pose around and he's taking some tumbles, you know. I had him hanging right. off a string above my desk for a while and he decided he was going to let go. And so. Well, they made a few years ago and it was some kind of like club exclusive or maybe it was for a convention exclusive or whatever. They had like a bald Joe, but he just had like, you know, the hair just a little bit around the back. A horseshoe or whatever. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, I remember uh, that. But they've never re-released him. And it's like all these vintage Judge Joe collectors are old men now. They want that head, you know. <laughs> people people make their own, but it just doesn't look quite as good. It's like I don't know why the club hasn't made more of that old you – know, I think they called him the aged adventurer or whatever. I'm not sure why they haven't made more of him because this was years ago. And really, I just want one for myself, so make one. Uh <laughs> If one, they're listening, make one, one now. Yeah, one, just one. One Send eye, one one ear, you know, ball. Yeah, yeah named, there you go. Named Lucky. <laughs> yeah. With the <laughs> liver spots and no, but you know, it just it looks really cool, but theirs looks much better than the people that are making their own like custom one, but they but he you know, he has flock on there, so but he's just not fully flocked. It's it's a neat looking figure, so yeah, that's for sure. You know, there, there's you, you make a good point that a lot of us out there are uh, probably listening to this or have a few years on them. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, why aren't they making you know the bald guy with the goatee um, <laughs> to, to put on my shelf? Yeah, I don't know why not. Well, guys, um, we, we've kind of covered the topics that I wanted to cover. Is there anything else you guys can think of that uh, we kind of need to mention here? Um, no, I was just going to say that <clears throat> uh, with box stuff, I mean, I don't think people should be afraid to, you know, wipe that stuff down. And, you know, you get a damp washcloth and wipe down the boxes. You can get a lot of dust and things like that off. I mean, you can really spruce up boxes, even cards, bubbles, things like that. I don't think you need to be afraid of water if it's just a small amount. Um, so, yeah, no, I, yeah, that, that's about it. I just, I just started, um, being a little less fearful about that and I've really brightened up some of my package stuff that way. 
dust is definitely, you know, something that we all face, no matter what our collections look like, you know, and, and just, just, you know, shelfware, really, you know. Yeah, the only so, thing I would add in is uh, mold. There's like a white mold. There's Mattel stuff. This isn't, doesn't even have to be vintage. It Probably if you got it last week, it probably already has it on there. Uh, especially if you keep it in the package. There's like this white, these white spots and mold. And it's some kind of mold, but it's not like, you know, like big mold. And I've noticed a lot of my stuff is getting that now. Uh, it's usually Mattel stuff. Because uh, they use... I don't know, burnt up tires, melted tires to make their toys or something. But, uh, I, I have found with some success that if you put it out on like a sunny day, let it sit out in the sun, even if it's particularly still in a package, uh, as long as you don't leave it out there for too long and you get sun fading or whatever, it will sort of make that stuff disappear. Uh, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's cool. mostly for in package stuff, but it doesn't work for everything. So. It's got cloth, you know, if they got clothes or something, you have to wash it out. And obviously you can't do that if it's in a box. So, But I have seen a lot of that, and that's worked for me, putting it in there. I think maybe even like a lamp, if you put it close enough, it would work. But the sun team seems to be the best. So. Uh, you know, now you mentioned it, you actually made me think of something else, saying stuff in the box, and that's um, batteries. Um I, I kind of did some some research, and I, I meant to put that in the in the outline for this. But um, they were actually saying that alkaline batteries that you know I'd always thought you know be careful what you clean them with, and uh, it, it depends on whether you're using the rechargeable kind or alkaline batteries. But they both need something different, and for alkaline batteries, um, that that crystal stuff that comes out of them is a, a a base, so you want to use something acidic like lemon juice or or uh, um, vinegar, you know, real lightly to, to get rid of that stuff, mm-hmm. as opposed to baking soda. Because I'd heard baking soda before, um, but that, I always just lick that stuff off. <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's a nine volt. <laughs> so uh, giving me chills just thinking about it. <laughs> if, you, if you guys don't. If you have a battery that's leaking and you got some of that kind of stuff, make sure you know what kind of battery it is. And, and if you have any doubts at all, make sure to look it up on the internet and, and, and get some get some cleaning tips. But uh, you know, that th- is a chemical, and um, be careful touching it. You know, yeah, it could be dangerous. Some of that stuff. Don't don't take it down to your desk and you know open up the the gnarly uh, battery compartment over your you know turkey sub and then <laughs> eat it. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. Yeah. Probably not a good idea. Not, I've, that, not that I've ever done that. <laughs> I've heard people uh, suggest to clean terminals with erasers, like a just regular pencil eraser, you know, because it's kind of gritty or whatever. That, I really that, that, that never works for me. Cars. Um, slot car people used to do that all the time, where you uh, get yeah. electrical contacts and you get the little burns. Um, Matter of fact, for slot car tracks, that's what I used to do when I was a kid. You know, after I'd I'd run them for so often, I'd take a a pink pearl and I'd run around, you know, the the rails on the track with a pink pearl and, and clean them up a little bit. You're right. Now that I think I'm having, now I'm having a flashback. Yeah, those little those two little springy terminals on the bottom there. I used to do that. Yeah, to get the black off. So that's like a bonus tip, you know, if you're listening and and you've made it this far. <laughs> You're just now waking up. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
well, gentlemen, I think we've, we've, we've kind of wrung the dust out of this topic for tonight. Um, you never know. We might get some more ideas and, and, and want to do this again in the future, but, um, I, I definitely want to let both you guys kind of, kind of tell us more about where people can find you and, and kind of the stuff you got going on. So, uh, we'll start with you, Dave, if you want to kind of give the folks a little taste of who you are. Sure. Um, well, we, uh, myself and, uh, Rob from joeaday.com. If you haven't checked out that blog, it's pretty amazing. He reviews a little Joe and a or a big Joe every single day and writes some funny, funny stuff about them. Um, really privileged to have him on our show. And then my buddy Don, um, who has just got an encyclopedic knowledge of Joe, especially when it comes to, you know, real life military stuff, uh, how it parallels with the GI Joe world as far as toys go. So really just lucky to have those two guys. And we've been running uh, Flag Points, the podcast, for over a year now. And you can find us at uh, flagpoints.podbean.com, B-E-A-N, like a bean you'll plant in the ground. I always think I'm saying beam, B-E-A-M, but I'm not. It's beam. And um, anyway, we're on there. We're on Stitcher, and we are also on iTunes. So, yeah, listen in. We've had some really awesome interviews with voice actors and um Hasbro people and uh just you know fellow fans who are up to really cool projects we have a blast so check us out well, you guys have an awesome awesome podcast and and I, and I love that you guys kind of kind of have a little bit of a vintage feel to it and in the Joe memories and stuff cuz that's that's pretty cool so yeah we love us some Joe memories definitely good stuff so uh Newton, where can, can folks find you and, and uh, check out your stuff? Uh, I run infinitehollywood.com and I post random stuff there. Uh, lots of toy stuff. Mostly toy reviews, but mostly toy reviews of toys nobody likes. Uh, don't, don't come there looking for the Masters of the Universe Classics reviews. Uh, I'm just kidding. Come there looking for the Masters of the Universe Classics reviews. Search for them through every review. They're hidden. Uh, no, but I, I review lots of stuff there, toys and comics and movies and whatever fits my fancy. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at Newton Gimmick and, uh, you may see me riding around town somewhere and say hi. You won't know it's me, but just say hi. It might be me. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying hi to random people. And see, I'm making people friendlier, bringing the make, world together. Make sure you ask them if their name is Newton Gimmick. There you go. And if they them. say yes, they're probably lying. <laughs> well, I, I would guess that if you uh, you have a uh, a funky cartoon octopus shirt on, it might be you, huh? It could be me. If it's a convention or something, I'll probably be wearing an Octo Joe t-shirt. So, uh, yeah, but that's it. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. I, I think this has been a, a really informational show, and, and I have, so enjoyed talking to you guys. I really have. Um, like I said, part of this, part of the reason for me wanting to do this was just to get a chance to kind of talk to you guys and and and, and be selfish about it. So um, I, I I really appreciate it. And um, thanks a bunch. Hey, we're glad to be here. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. I learned I learned some stuff too. So it's been fun. Always educational. Well, we we aim to do that here. Um, 
if you listen to our normal podcast, uh, uh, you, you can hear us normally. We're talking geography and, you know, the, the Aussies are trying to, uh, explain things, how things really work <laughs> in the world to me. And, you know, I, I explain, you know, what pop tarts are. So <laughs> it's kind of, kind of how it goes. So, well, thanks again, guys. And, uh, we're going to sign out for now and talk to you guys soon. Bye. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigurebluest.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Action Figure Blues Podcast. Um, hey, really? You go through all of that and now you make noise. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on a second here. We're trading off. What kind of production is this?